so many people who are coming in who you can be used by God to influence and to pour the love of Christ by God's grace in them and teach them his word. Welcome to Biblical Counseling in Action. I'm Steve Byers, and this is a podcast that addresses questions like, how do these principles penetrate every facet of local church ministry? What does it look like when biblical counseling starts to impact the youth ministry, or our ladies' Bible studies, or our men's ministries, or the way leaders function together, or the way decisions are made in the church? And what does it look like in the lives of everyday church members who have been trained, or maybe who have been counseled, but now they're continuing to live out these principles in everyday life? That's what this podcast is all about. Welcome back to Biblical Counseling in Action. Today we're talking to Pastor Stefan Nitschke, who serves on our pastoral staff for the past nine years, overseeing our campus ministry. We're very thankful that God has given us a ministry campus right near Purdue University. That was a dream come true for us. Our church prayed for that for years. We even had some days of prayer and fasting and just all sorts of things. It's so hard to find a piece of property near a major university in most cities. But God just worked some incredible miracles out, and now we have Faith West, and we just love that particular ministry campus. We love the privilege of serving college students. But you can't have effective ministries without willing ministers. And that's why I'm so glad that God brought Stefan to faith and God brought his wife, Alexandra, and they're doing such a marvelous job in our college ministry. And I just could not be more excited and thankful for you, Stefan. And also to think about how your biblical counseling interest, how your biblical counseling training now impacts and informs the college ministry that you're doing. That's really exciting stuff for sure. So thanks a lot for joining us today. I appreciate being on. Thank you for the intro and thank you for having me on. You know, I think it'd be helpful to our listeners just first of all to hear how did you become interested in pastoral ministry at all? Well, that starts at an earlier age, but not necessarily in an expected way. I knew from early on what I wanted to do and what I wanted to be. I knew I wanted to be in a band, and I was interested in music and everything that surrounded it. I was constantly listening to music. I was trying to learn and play every single instrument that I could get my hands on and continually work towards that end. And I was in and out of bands all throughout high school, all throughout college. And so what What instrument were you primarily playing? Literally anything that I could get into a band and play. Oh, is that right? Yep, bass. I am learning things right here and now. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, bass, drums, guitar, keys, everything. I was trying to do everything to get into a band so I could do that. And don't ask me what genre of music. Your mom actually already reproved me for that. Pretty. (laughs) Well, if you got it from her, you definitely don't need to get it from me. I I agree. agree. (laughs) Well, then God at a certain point in time, actually in my college years, totally drastically changed my life. It was at a conference out in Omaha, Nebraska, and I I went up to one of the speakers. It was just a breakaway speaker, and I walked up to him, and I said, I think God just totally changed my life. What do I do? And he gave me a rather unsatisfactory answer. He said, read your Bible and start serving in a local church. I thought he would have... (laughs) (laughs) I thought he would have this mountaintop wisdom for me, and by God's grace, regardless of how I thought of it at the time, 
time I started doing that. I started reading my Bible and I started serving at a local church, something I had not been doing prior. And God began to grow my desire for the Word for teaching it. I got involved in the college ministry, specifically in the local church that I was at, on the worship team, unsurprisingly, working towards that band thing, so that was still an aspect of it, <laughs> and was in different leadership positions outright and felt a call to ministry. And I, I knew it was pretty serious when it surpassed my desire to be in a band. I didn't think that was possible with anything. And so uh, I was studying at that time at Iowa State under management information systems, working towards that end, and just really knew that it was a real thing when that happened. So I had a call to ministry, specifically a draw towards preaching. And through the internship, I, here at Faith Bible Seminary, had a growing desire for shepherding God's people specifically. And that's kind of how the call to ministry even came about initially. That's pretty amazing that God really changed the direction of your life, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. I was going all sorts of other directions, and he really pushed me in this one. And you had to be willing to say, okay, if that's what God wants me to do, my life belongs to Him, and that's the direction I'm going to go. Yeah, in a certain way, I think both Spurgeon and D. Martin Lloyd-Jones would say there was not much else I could do. Yeah, yeah. What about biblical counseling training? How did you get interested in that? How did you get your training? How important is that to you? I think the why is a significant question. Why did I get interested in it? I came out this way after the call to ministry, was interested in Faith Bible Seminary, looking out this way. It's on a three-year cohort breakdown. I was in between cohorts and wanted to get as much training as I could before that, was pushed towards the Biblical Counseling Training Conference. Mm. I remember sitting in the seat, looking up at the teacher and thinking, I've read Ephesians 4 before. I know it's been in my Bible, <laughs> um, but I've never heard it like this. Yeah. I've never heard the Word of God delivered in such a way that Actually, uh, the people teaching it were convinced this is for me today, for my life, and it just changed the way I thought about the Word of God. And kind of true to form, I wasn't quite accepting of it outright. It took a little bit of God's work in my heart before that, but He worked through His Word and changed my desire towards that. Coming here to Lafayette, I also had quite a number of matters where the Word of God was not congruent with the life that I was living. So something I tell even counselees today is I started off as a counselee. The mm. Lord used a specific counselor in my life to come alongside me and show me that the Word of God really does have application in my life. He showed me the necessity of living the Great Commission, and as well as the necessity of working out the greatest commandment, to love Him with all heart, soul, mind, and strength, something I, that hadn't been central to focus. And then even specifically God's will for me, First Thessalonians 4.3, your sanctification. I'd not mm. seen that as a part of what God's will for my life would be. And I just, I grew in my love for Christ. I grew in my desire to be more like Him. And I wanted that for other people as well. I wanted to be used by God in that same way in the lives of others. And so I was hungry for training. I wanted to read every resource I could, read every book, and consume just material on this sort of end. So all throughout the internship, we have an ample opportunity here at Faith Church for training and for growth. And I tried to seize as many of those as I could. So throughout the internship, received training for biblical counseling, and that end was added to the biblical counseling staff in 2016 and got my ACBC certification around that time as well. So that's kind of how that journey went. 
But you didn't start being fully convinced about biblical counseling or fully convinced about the nuances of this or that. It, it was a process for you. It was most certainly a process. And if I can give a quick aside, my wife and I were talking about this last night. I told her I remember a phone. We were dating at a distance before we got married. She was living in the Lafayette area, and I was living still back in Iowa. We were on the phone and having a conversation about how God relates to us in forgiveness. And I had a total different understanding of that. Mm-hmm. And I told her I remember... I was sitting in my parents' sunroom, and my face was in my hands as my world was being rocked in how <laughs> what God's Word has to say about this concept. And that was, in large part, the beginning of God showing me that I, I don't have this all figured out. I need to humble myself before Him. I need to humble myself before His Word and come to a truer understanding of who He is based on what He says He is. And that's kind of how He began to change me in that way. And I hope that that's the spirit that all of us would have all of our days. The Bible's bigger than us. We're constantly learning. We're constantly having to adjust our understanding, our application of God's Word. That's one of the things I like about both Pastor Good and Dr. Smith, who were the co-founders of our Biblical Counseling Center 45 years ago now, but they were learners. And so if they saw something from the Word of God in a way they hadn't seen it before. They were willing to adjust their thinking. They were willing to adjust their life. They were willing to adjust their teaching. And you mentioned forgiveness. That is often a concept that people just grow up with all sorts of ideas, not necessarily ones that are consistent with the Word of God. And so at some point, we have to be willing to humble ourselves and say, you know what, I want to submit myself to Scripture, even if that means I need to change a previously held view. Certainly. Amen. And, you know, we often say around here, the best counselor is first a good counselee. And I think that oftentimes, I know it was true for me when I went through biblical counseling training, it's like, wow, before I need to be thinking about helping somebody else, I need to be thinking about how this applies to me. And that's actually part of what got me more excited about biblical counseling was the impact it was having on my personal sanctification. Yeah, I saw that in my own life and desired to continue to, by God's grace, apply it and dispense it to others as well. So what about college ministry? How did you become interested in campus ministry, and what's that like today for you? Looking out at the landscape of ministry in general, I often and we often see people gravitating towards areas of service where they themselves have seen the most personal impact in their life, whether it's children's ministry, when they had a Sunday school teacher that was profound in their life, and it just, the Lord really moved in that season, youth ministry, or for me, it was college ministry. Mm, I, I saw the profound impact that God had on my life, Him drawing me to Himself in that season, and I just have a lot of hope for that season. I've always had a gravitation towards that particular ministry. I have a lot of hope for the people who are in that ministry. I've always wanted to be a part of it, and always, by God's grace, since being in college, had a part of college ministry. And throughout seminary, I was discipling men who were in college ministry at that time. And then at a certain point in time in my employ under Faith Church, the opening for the college pastor came up, and it looked to me to be sort of a dream job, and Mm. put my hat in the ring, and by God's grace was able to serve in that particular area. And college ministry 
ministry is a bit of a double-edged sword if we're looking at it through the lens of biblical counseling as well. You have a lot of opportunity for influence because of the great turnover mm -hmm. in college ministry, but it'll also break your heart. Yep. <laughs> you have so many people who are coming in who you can be used by God to influence and to pour the love of Christ by God's grace in them and teach them His Word, but then they go off into whatever the Lord has for them next. And so it's bittersweet is kind of a way to describe it, but ample counseling, ample influential opportunities in and through that. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about Purdue University and what it's like, how many students there are, and just what kind of mission field the Lord has given us right here in our backyard? Purdue University is a secular university. I don't think anyone would say otherwise, but it is very open to religious organizations. Yeah. There's university religious leaders, a group that's recognized by Purdue University, and it allows all sorts of access to religious leaders of various stripes. Onto campus, we're able to reserve, we're able to even hold kind of an advisor status according to Purdue's recognition. So it is very open. I'm friends with a lot of professors on staff who love the Lord and who are Christians and who also avail many gospel opportunities on campus. So it is a secular university. There's no mistaking that, but it is one that we've, by God's grace, been able to see a lot of opportunity for the gospel and for biblical counseling and for just opportunities to spread His Word. Yeah, and, you know, by God's grace in our particular situation, what sometimes trips up local churches being an approved student organization is, well, are we going to have to compromise our values in order to use a room on campus, blah, blah, blah. We're going to have to make certain promises. By God's grace, we were able to build our own campus that is right there within walking, riding distance to the university. So we don't have to mess with, well, do we have to compromise this or compromise that? I mean, right now we're an approved student organization and we're fine, but if that became problematic, we've got our facilities that belong to us and we could freely use. And I would encourage any church that's trying to do campus ministry, boy, even if right now for your generation you can secure a piece of property, if that's the closest thing that's going to happen right now or the most feasible thing, that might be a great help for the next generation who wants to do campus ministry. Because who knows where these secular universities are going to go in terms of the kind of pressure they might place upon people like us to not believe or affirm certain truth from the Word of God. We simply can't go there in our campus ministry. But I'm really glad for Faith West. I'm glad. And there's a business model behind Faith West because it has a community center. It has campus housing that actually pays for the church plant, pays for the counseling ministry. And so it can be done, and it can be done effectively. Yeah. yeah. Can you talk to our listeners about, you mentioned you have biblical counseling training, you have a passion for college ministry. I would imagine that there will be some people listening to this who would say, boy, I don't really see the connection between those two things. I mean, we have our counselors, they're down the hall in the counseling room. We have our people doing campus ministry, but never the two shall meet. So can you help us understand how has 
your biblical counseling training and experience, how has it impacted your ability to do campus ministry? Oh, well, first up, I think it, it's worth pointing out the men and women who have gone before and set the tone for the synergy between the two. Since my time being here, there's never been a disconnect between the two. And so this is not a novel idea yeah, <laughs> that, right. that I would say you or I have come up with. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the model of individuals beforehand that the Word of God is sufficient for the Christian, whether it's in full-time ministry or the layperson, to dispense the Word of God to men and women, whether college-aged or otherwise. But specific to college-age students, there's a sense where they're open to deep conversations, and they have kind of a a newfound severity of life, if Mm. I can put it that way. Most of them haven't been off on their own previously, Mm -hmm. and the decisions they make, there's not much else to fall back on. It's kind of their results that they bear upon themselves, and there's a sobriety that can come with that. And a lot of them will reach out for help, and I want to be someone who's equipped with God's Word to be able to walk alongside them as their pastor and help them point them to Christ, point them to His Word, and help them walk through that. So there certainly is a uh, synergy, is not even the word, there's a oneness that comes with biblical counseling in college ministry. We, by God's grace, also inherited a heavy discipleship culture within Purdue Bible Fellowship, and we've tried to continue to foster and promulgate that. And we have men and women who are hungry for God's Word, hungry for a wise man or woman to pour into their life pour over God's Word and point them, this is how you love Him more fully, and this is how you look like Him more sufficiently in that respect. And there's also seasons that we see in college ministry outright at the beginning of the semester. We can't typically anticipate we're going to get a lot of men and women who are reaching out for that lifeline, saying, I really need desperate help mm-hmm. in someone coming alongside me. But there's a inexplicable crescendo that happens towards the end of the semester <laughs> as maybe the man or the woman who are leaning on themselves at the beginning of this, I don't need the church, I don't really need to be in my Bible, and things start to get just a little bit more desperate. Yeah. We'll see an influx in whether it's formal or informal counseling requests in that time. And even with college ministry, that formal and informal is always a facet and aspect of it. There will be people who want to sift through various issues that they're going through in a formal sense, but I can always anticipate any given week I'm going to get that knock on the door from that couple who has that look on their face or that individual who just needs to sit down and meet. And by God's grace, biblical counseling has trained me to open up the Word of God and to walk through what would God have to say about this? What would His word have to say about all of this. We'd be remiss to not mention premarital counseling as yep. well. There's there's a reason that the college pastor, at least in our model, gets the wedding ministry as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. And that's because that's when people are, by and large, meeting. That's when they're getting married. I always have at least, I typically, I should say, have at least one couple that I'm walking through premarital counseling. Mm-hmm. And if you're not equipped to come alongside a young couple and show them what is God's plan and vision for marriage specifically, then you're really missing a big a piece of college ministry, I would say. Would it be an overstatement from your perspective to say that it'd be impossible to do campus ministry the way you're trying to do it with the highly intensive discipleship model had it not been for your counseling training? I mean, can you imagine trying to do discipleship at a campus level 
without having counseling training? I would certainly say so. I think there's certainly a wrong way to pet a porcupine. I think I would be leading many people astray if I were trying to do what the model that I was handed right now, apart from the counseling training that I've specifically received. And I think a lot of people would be certainly not better off as a result of it. Yeah, so for you know anybody who's involved in campus ministry right now, but has not yet received counseling training, you know, it's possible that what they might be doing right now is just deferring, right? And so anytime there's a, well, I don't do counseling, so we're going to send you down the road to Dr. Mm So-and-so. The challenge there is Dr. So-and-so may be using a source of truth that's different than the Word of God. And so now you have a dual approach to sanctification going on where you have the campus ministry, which hopefully is using the Word of God as a source of truth, but you might have the counselor that that person has been sent to using some other source of truth. That's going to be very confusing. And so for people who are doing campus ministry, if you've not yet received biblical counseling training, I think both Stefan and I would encourage you to do that. And by God's grace, there's so many different ways to receive your counseling training anymore. But we'd love to have you come to Lafayette in February. That's when we have our biblical counseling training conference. And you can get all that information online about it. There's seven different tracks of training. We generally have 1,500 to 2,000 people on campus or joining us virtually for that week. And it's a great way to get started. But there's also all kinds of other online virtual training. Other groups are doing great training. So there's really no reason if someone's doing campus ministry today and they want to receive biblical counseling training, there's no reason why they couldn't get it. I agree. And anyone can do it. I think if some people from my past were to find out that even someone like myself was trained (laughs) (laughs) in this way, they just wouldn't believe it. (laughs) Yeah, your past and mine too. What about from the other perspective, Stefan? You made a, a really interesting comment about how college students are looking for people who are willing just to invest time in their life. And so, you know, someone could think about, oh, a secular university, there's not going to be any ministry opportunities there. Everybody's antagonistic to the things of God. That's really not true. There are young people who God is drawing them. They're open to spiritual truth and redemptive relationships. So let's say that there's somebody out there, they've received the biblical counseling training but they've never thought about using it in campus ministry. Would you have something to say to that? Absolutely, yeah. This age group, by and large, is very fun and formative. There's a lot of opportunities within specifically this age group for discipleship, for growth, and for pointing them to Christ. This age group, you can help them wisely seek to navigate difficult circumstances that they're going through. There's always a need within college ministry for that. There's struggles, rather, with anxiety, with sexual sin, depression, laziness. All of these issues seem to come to a head in large part within these college years. Folks who are, I mentioned beforehand, there's a newfound sense of severity of life, and a lot of that comes with the individuality that they're discovering in this. They're taking a look back on their past and saying, there's some things I need to walk through, some things in my past that I need to sift through. You want to be there for them, to come alongside them and help them in this season. And plus, there's just a future planning aspect that comes with college ministry that is unique to this season. 
season. There's everyone's looking forward. What do I want to be? What do I want to do? How am I building the next season? And you want to be there to point them to Christ, to point them to his word and its sufficiency for that. So for those who counsel and are wanting that, there are many who are already searching and seeking after God's will for them in their life. And I would say we want to be there for them to help them in and through it. Often this season is also when the call to ministry formally is realized, Mm. when men are realizing God's calling me into ministry and we want to be there for them for that. Or even in a broader sense, men and women who want to pour themselves into the church and pour themselves into it in a formal sense, we want to be there to push them towards that end and help foster that desire. And it's just a unique opportunity to impact future leaders in a way that might not be received in such a way outside of this crucible of college ministry. Well, thank the Lord that he's given us the privilege of serving right here at Purdue. Thank the Lord for colleges and universities all around the U.S. and all around the world. They are mission fields. There's no question about that. And I'm really thankful for you and for Alexandra Stephan, for your family, for the ministry that you're having here. And thanks for taking time to share that with us today. Thanks for having me. You can check out more about our ministry at faithlafayette.org. Or if you're interested in receiving biblical counseling training, go to faithlafayette.org slash conferences. You can find these presentations wherever you normally access your podcasts, and you could really help us just to get the word out by telling your friends on social media that these presentations are going to be available. Our hope and our prayer is that this podcast honors the Lord and is a blessing to you.